Friends, our scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Immediately he made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Friends, the year was 2002. I had just recently graduated from high school. I was on my own for the first time in my life, and I had been at Young Harris College for about one month. Now, if you've never heard of Young Harris College, that doesn't surprise me. At the time I was there, it was a small two-year school in the middle of the North Georgia mountains. And being in the middle of the North Georgia mountains, there was not a lot to do there on the weekend. So one Saturday, my friends and I were trying to come up with something to do, and we had noticed that there was a mountain in the distance behind our dorm room, and that this mountain seemed to have a rock face on top, and it had a rock cliff that faced the campus. So we came up with a plan. We were going to pack our dinners, we were going to hike to the top of that mountain, we were going to eat our dinner, we were going to take pictures of the college campus, and we were going to watch the sunset together. And so we began to enact our plan. We packed our dinners, we drove as close to the bottom of that mountain as we could get, we parked on the side of the road, and we started walking up the mountain. Now we couldn't find a trail that led to the top of the mountain, but we figured that problem out pretty quickly. We just started walking up, and we figured we would get there eventually. And after about two hours of hiking up that mountain, we made it to the top. And it was everything that we had hoped for. We could see miles in every direction. We could see Young Harris College down in the valley. And so we ate dinner together. We took pictures of Young Harris from the top of that mountain. And we watched the sunset together. Our plan had worked out perfectly. Except... Me and my 18-year-old friends, who had recently graduated from high school and were on our own for the first time in our lives, had forgotten one tiny detail. Do you know what happens in the middle of the North Georgia mountains when the sun goes down? It gets dark. It gets really, really dark. And we had brought no flashlights of any kind. We quickly realized our mistake, and we began to rush as fast as we could down the mountain in the direction of our cars, 
But after 20 minutes, it was completely dark, and we were completely lost in those woods. We were running into trees. We were running into tree branches. We were tripping over rocks and roots. And the thing that kept flashing in my mind, I was having flashbacks of orientation at Young Harris when someone had stood up to let us all know in a very kind and nice way that if you were ever hiking around the woods of Young Harris, there were bears in those woods. We were very scared, <laughs> and we were completely lost. We wandered around in those woods for what felt like hours, until finally we came through a particularly dense set of trees, and we saw a small light way off in the distance. And when we saw that light, we had hope. We fixed our eyes on that light, and for the next two hours, we followed that light until we finally came to a road and the light ended up being a street light on that road. And we followed that road back to Young Harris College, back to safety. And for the next month, we told anyone who would listen about our adventures in the mountain and how we had been saved by following the light. I thought about that story a lot this week as I was reading our scripture passage and studying this passage. This is a wonderful Bible story. It's one of my favorite Bible stories in the Bible. It's one that if you've been at church for any length of time, you've probably heard multiple times. It's one that I teach the kids multiple times throughout the year. Jesus has just finished feeding the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. And once he's done, he sends the disciples on ahead to their next destination in a boat. And the disciples are traveling across the water in the boat, and Jesus stays behind. He goes up on a mountain to pray. And when the disciples are about halfway across the lake, sometime in the middle of the night, the Bible says that a strong wind arises, and it begins to cause giant waves that are battering the boat back and forth. But Jesus' disciples, many of them had been fishermen, so we can assume that they knew what to do in this situation, and we can assume that they began to take the necessary precautions to keep both themselves and the boat safe. But the Bible says that at some point early in the morning, some translations say right before dawn, as they're keeping their boat afloat, as they're keeping themselves safe, they see something incredibly strange on the water. They see a shadowy figure walking toward them, on the water. It's right before dawn, that time when it's just beginning to become light, but you can't see all the details of everything. So they see this shadowy figure, but they can't make out the details of who it is. We know that it's Jesus, but they don't. don't. And so their rational brains come up with the only explanation they can come up with. It's a ghost. And in response, Jesus yells out to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. The disciples are in awe, and Peter responds, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to walk to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. And in an amazing act of faith, Peter climbs out of the boat and starts walking on the water towards Jesus. He has his eyes fixed on Jesus, and he's walking toward him. But at some point, our scripture tells us that Peter notices the wind, and he notices the waves, and he begins to panic, and he begins to sink. And when that happens, he cries out to Jesus. He says, Lord, save me. And I love the next word. Verse 31 starts with the word immediately. Immediately, Jesus reaches out and catches Peter and keeps him from drowning. Then Peter and Jesus walk back to and climb into the boat, and the wind stops. And our Bible story ends with the disciples worshiping Jesus on the boat. Friends, just like my friends and I kept our eyes fixed on that small light in the mountain and kept moving towards it, 
Peter stepped out of the boat and kept his eyes fixed on and moved towards something far greater. Jesus, who would later call himself the light of the world. And as long as Peter kept his eyes fixed on Jesus, he could walk on water. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus and focused instead on the wind and the waves and the dangers around him, he panicked and he began to sink. So there's two questions that I've been wrestling with and thinking about this week based on this scripture passage. And I'd like to invite you to join me in thinking about these two questions both this morning and throughout your week. Number one, what are the winds and waves in our lives that keep us from fixing our eyes on Jesus? And number two, what can we do to help ourselves keep our eyes on Jesus? The winds and the subsequent waves on the water caused Peter to take his eyes off of Jesus and he began to panic and sink in the water. So what are the winds and waves in our lives that sometimes cause us to take our eyes or our focus off of Jesus? I think it can be different things for different people at different times. It can almost be anything. It could be really big things that happen, like the doctor calling and telling you that the test results are not good. It can be financial troubles. It could be troubles at your job. It could be being hurt or betrayed by a friend or a family member, or it can be watching a friend or a family member go through a sickness or a challenge and not knowing how to help. Or it could be a cascade of small, inconvenient things that when all added together, cause you to become overwhelmed, cause you to become angry, cause you to become sad. We all experience times when life becomes hard, when life becomes overwhelming for any number of reasons. And when those times come, fear and worry naturally come with them. And if we give into and focus only on that fear and worry, we take our eyes or our focus off of Jesus. And with our eyes off of Jesus, we're like Peter. We begin to panic. We begin to do things we normally wouldn't do. We begin to say things we normally wouldn't say. We become overwhelmed, and we begin to sink under the weight of all of our troubles. Are any of you feeling that right now? Can you remember a time when you felt that way? I can, and it is a horrible, horrible feeling. And it's so easy during those times to lose yourself in that fear and worry and to forget to fix your eyes on and focus on Jesus. So the second thing I want to talk about this morning is this. When those difficult times come in our lives, and we all know they will, what can we do to help ourselves keep our eyes on Jesus, to focus on Him instead of our fears and our worries? I think there are many ways that we can do this, but I wanted to mention three this morning. The first thing that I think we can do whenever we enter into those difficult times of life and we feel like we're sinking is to pray. I tell the kids of our church all the time, praying is simply talking to God. When these difficult times come, we can talk to God about them. When we're angry, sad, or worried, we can talk to God about those things and we can ask God to help us. When we begin to feel overwhelmed, when we begin to feel like we're sinking, we can spend time in prayer. And when we do that, we are reminding ourselves that God is with us and that God can help us. When we pray, we're fixing our eyes on Jesus. The second thing that I think we can do is read the Bible. Again, I tell the kids of our church all the time that the Bible is this really big letter, this really big book that God has written for us to teach us who God is, how much God loves us, and how God wants us to live our lives. As we read Bible stories and Bible verses, we're reminded of the promises of God. Promises like, God promises to always love us. God promises to always be with us. God promises to help us, walk with us, and give us strength through the hard times, and, God, and many other promises. 
As we read the Bible, the Holy Spirit reminds us who God is, how much God loves us, and reminds us of the promises of God. When we read the Bible, we're fixing our eyes on Jesus. And finally, the third thing that I think we can do to help us keep our eyes on Jesus when difficult times arise is to find individuals and groups within the church that we can talk to and lean on. I believe that we as humans are created for and need community. When the winds and waves of life come, we need people who will stand with us and who will remind us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Friends, as we practice these three things and others like them in both good times and bad times, we're more and more likely to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus when the winds and waves of life arise. And we are more and more likely to choose faith over fear when we begin to feel like we are sinking. All of our problems won't magically go away, but we can find strength, peace, and hope as we fix our eyes on and focus on Jesus. Friends, I mentioned a earlier, that there were many practices that would help us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. But the reason I talked about these three this morning is that these three helped me in one of the most difficult times in my life. I mentioned earlier, I've been here at Bluff Park for almost eight years, but friends, the first four months that I was here were four of the most difficult months of my life. I came to Bluff Park UMC on an all-time high. I just passed a really big step in the ordination process in the United Methodist Church, what I think is the most difficult step. I was coming to a new church in a new city, and I was going to be teaching new kids who God is and how much God loves them. And I was coming with my wife, Stephanie, my three-year-old son, Gavin, and my wife, Stephanie, was pregnant with our second child. I was at an all-time high. But after about a month being here at Bluff Park, Stephanie went into labor at 26 weeks pregnant, way too early. We rushed her to the hospital. Thankfully, they were able to stop labor, but they put Stephanie on bed rest for the final three months of her pregnancy. And so now all of a sudden, I'm in a new city. I'm at a new church, and I'm doing all the cleaning, the cooking, the shopping. I'm taking care of my three-year-old son, Gavin, because if you've ever had a three-year-old, you know they can be a little crazy. So I'm trying to keep him away from Stephanie. So I'm bringing him to work with me. And while I'm at work, I'm trying to get to know the kids, and I'm trying to get to know the adults of the church, and I'm getting ready for vacation Bible school, which is the biggest event we have in the children's ministry. And it was going to be my first one here. And friends, I began to feel myself sinking. I began to feel myself getting overwhelmed and focusing on the fear and the worry instead of focusing on Jesus. And so I knew what to do. I had been at church for a while, so I did. I started to pray more than I had before. I was praying every morning and every night, and I was praying in the middle of the day when I felt myself getting overwhelmed. I was sneaking away. This church has a lot of hiding spots. I was sneaking away to spend time in prayer. And I was reading my Bible more. I was reading my Bible in the morning and at night. And I was also writing down those promises of God that I knew would help me calm down when I started to feel overwhelmed. Promises like, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And reading the Bible and praying helped more than I can possibly express. But friends, what helped more than anything was this community of faith. You guys didn't know me well. I didn't know you well. I had only been here a month, but you guys surrounded my family during that time. 
I can't tell you how many times someone came by my office to check on me and to check on Stephanie and Gavin and to ask how we were doing and how they could help. I can't tell you how many times people randomly showed up at the apartment we were at just to sit with Stephanie and talk with her so that she wouldn't be bored on bed rest. I can't tell you how many times people came and took Gavin for the day to hang out with their kids or their grandkids so that I could go to work and so that Stephanie could rest. Friends, you took care of us. You allowed us to lean on you during that time. And I honestly don't know that I would have made it through that time without the love and support of this community of faith. I firmly believe that praying, reading our Bible, and being a part of some type of community of faith can help us keep our eyes on Jesus during the hard times. So friends, as we close, I want to encourage all of us to do something this morning. Many of you set New Year's resolutions for yourself on or around January 1st, and if you're like me, you've already broken most of them. But I want to encourage us all to spend time this morning and throughout your week making a new New Year's resolution for the final 11 months of 2023, a resolution to practice something daily or weekly that helps you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You may want to make a resolution to read your Bible or pray daily, weekly, or simply more than you did in 2022. And if you don't know where to start with that, our church has this great resource called Lifetrack Daily, where we will send you an email every morning that has a short prayer, a short scripture passage, and a devotional. And if you want to learn more about that, you can find that on page 9 of your bulletin. You may want to make a resolution to join a small group in our church in 2023 if you're not already a part of one, a Bible study a Sunday school class, or a common table. And if you don't know how to start with that or you don't know which one would fit you best, please reach out to me or Reverend Ross or Reverend Kevin. We'd be happy to help you find a small group. You may want to make a resolution to do something we haven't talked about this morning that you think will help you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Whatever it is, I want to encourage all of us to consider making a resolution to do something this year that helps us better keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Friends, my hope and prayer is that 2023 will be the year that we commit as individuals, families, and as a community of faith to fixing our eyes on and following Jesus, the light of the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, my name is Kevin Payne, and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m. and we would love to meet you. I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.